Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find her over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Uh, just recorded an episode. Recorded Nerds Love episode. Oh, yeah. oh Jinx. Uh, now we can talk, right? This is so why we're such great co-hosts, because we just our brains are synced up nearly perfectly. And still have never met. Yeah. We've been doing this for what, three years now? Four? How long have we actually been doing the? I feel I like I revisit this like every quarter. I feel mm-hmm. like it's been three years, but I could be wrong. But it feels like three years. I think you're right. Maybe four years. It's been a while. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls, but how's the weather your way? Really nice out. It is uh 73 degrees right now so it's beautiful out so I've wow been spending as, much time as possible okay let me see if we can go camping the week after christmas because this is our camping season because we have we have completely opposite camping seasons mm-hmm. uh you know, you're telling me like you're camping in the summer i'm like why would you go camping in the summer and i realized oh yeah that's what people like you know closer to like the arctic circle do to be <laughs> fair know, though i know people who camp all year round here in, in bc Oh, you can totally do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here too, if you like don't mind mosquitoes and you have some good mosquito stuff. But I mean, that's like hardcore camping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like so. here, like people do a lot of winter camping too, where like they'll like mm-hmm. dig holes in the snow and like create little caverns that they sleep in and stuff like that. Yeah. To me, that's yeah, not really enjoyable. Like <laughs> there are people that do that do um, hammock camping in the winter and they just yeah. have like a you put like a blanket under your hammock and stuff to absorb the um keep the heat inside yeah yeah i mean that's so hey i always think that's a great idea to just be out in nature i think it kind of slows your brain down and helps you kind of refocus and stuff Mm-hmm. So. for sure uh yeah it's like holy go camping like we were just talking about nerds in love about they were just dating for four months and like well we were gonna go away and travel somewhere i was like we should meet for the first time and go camping <laughs> Yeah, just go camping. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, like you and I go camping? Hey, nice to meet you in person. Yeah, yeah, like the first time we meet. Let's yeah. go camping for like a week. <laughs> that would be a little intense, but I feel like we'd make it, would it be. out in one piece. <laughs> but it would be like, it would be super fun, too. And we'd have we'd have hours of material for the podcast. Oh, yeah. 100%. Cool. Um, yeah, it's six degrees here, 44 Fahrenheit, and it's like a little sunny, a little overcast, nothing too crazy. And yeah, it's, uh, just get ready for the holidays. It did snow the other day, and that was quite delightful, and then it melted two hours later, and I was like, well, there goes that, so. It had snow. Yeah. See, did you make a tiny snowman? Oh, there was no time. Like, I got up and... Well, you can even, you can even, like form a little tiny one huh it was that fast yeah it was just already like it was gone after two hours which is normally how it happens here because it gets pretty mild so Mm -hmm. uh basically it got pretty mild and then i looked and all the snow was gone and i was like okay well that's that okay that's it but it's usually snow like once or twice or Hmm? uh i mean normally we get two big snowfalls a year this one wasn't really big but who knows we might get another one uh, everyone always hopes that we're going to get some on Christmas. But then I always think mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of driving on that day. I actually don't want snow on Christmas because that means driving in it. And that's a nightmare. So oh. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. And where you live, it kind of rains too, right? So then you have the issue of ice. Yeah, that's very realistically what happens most of the time. This just turns mm-hmm. ice. Um, scary. Yeah, I've spent on ice before. That's terrifying. Yeah, almost as icy as some of the people on Gilmore Girls' Hearts, like Emily's. Huh? 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 No, bad joke. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're talking about uh, episode eight of season five of Gilmore Girls, uh, which is called "The Party's Over." Um, and there's a lot of weird things going on in this episode, including the fact that Emily and Richard find out that Rory's with Dean, and then literally decide to parade her Torpe- around yeah. like a hundred men. Which is really weird. But yeah, Lorelai calls out and Rory's like, Yeah, I know they're manipulating me. Yeah, which I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. But it does mean the end of Dean. Dean's done. Dean goes over to Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of a surprise ending, I felt, that he's just like, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Because she walks out with these guys and she's what, fifteen minutes late meeting him outside? And what, he could not go inside? Yeah. And I don't understand why that was, except that, I guess because he wasn't invited to the party or something? Or Yeah. I, you know, there's something about that that's like, you know, Rory, you could have had him come to the door and invited him in. Because if your parents were setting, if your grandparents were setting you up on this, you also have a right to have the person your relationship with come to the door. So there is, there is some codependent enabling stuff happening in this episode that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it is worth noting that Supernatural did start filming the next year, because uh, this was in 2004. In 2005, they started filming it, and later, obviously, it came out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dean leaving is very much a result of Supernatural, but it just kind of plays off as, like, a really odd arc in the way of the series, because he comes back, uh, they kind of make the relationship kind of work for a bit, and then he's, like, he's out, so it's, like... Kind of makes it seem like all that stuff they went to was kind of like, I don't even, but. Seemed very much like a, oh, hey, I got picked up on this pilot. My pilot got picked up. Let me, because, you know, I think part of what happens is they they do pilots all through just in case their show Mm. doesn't get renewed or if they've got like a special guest appearance or if they're not a main character. So his Mm -hmm. pilot got picked up. And so there's a very pilot picked up kind of feel to it. It's just like, oh, peace out. I'm gone. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that was fast. Okay. It also just seems a little, like, he's really, like, anxious to, like, just leave. Like, even she's, like, it's not a big deal. And he's, like, I don't belong here, Rory. I gotta go. And, I'm and like, this has been an issue from when they met, that they are very different. Yeah. Which, you know what? Part of me is, like, Emily and Richard love to kind of connive and plan things. Maybe mm-hmm. they kind of figured this was, this was going to happen. So, I don't know. And they teamed up to manipulate yeah, so you know what, maybe... Rory was actually happy about that. I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, they... Right. I mean, at least they're working together, you know. And hey, it's... And the way that Emily phone call was hysterical. Hmm? Yeah. And it's to get rid of Dean, which, honestly, I, you're not going to hear me complaining, so... Well, um, you know, then we get into power and control issues that we can cover when we talk about the psych part. Yeah. But also, too, you know, hey, Logan was there to comfort her, so... You know, Logan. Logan. Right. Logan's here to Logan stay. Calls her ace and puts her arm around her. Right. 
Yeah. And then she's told, you know, basically by her friend that, you know, he likes you. And then they did this weird, is this the episode where they went into her classroom and totally embarrassed her? No, that's like a couple episodes later. Yeah. That was really inappropriate. We'll talk about that next episode. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, Logan seems kind of sketchy to me, too. And we'll talk in the next episode why. Yeah. So. But, yeah, this was Dean's third time breaking up with Rory. Um, you know, so not exactly a stable stable relationship. But no. um, not the only thing that happens in this episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, kind of like the episode starts with Emily finding out that Richard's serving barbecued appetizers uh, with their drinks. Steak on a stick, and they're going to do Steak on a Stick Club t-shirts, which I'm sure are available somewhere that you can get. Oh, I'm sure someone's done those up. Um, and I was like, hey, you know what? Let them. You know what? It's not a big deal. They could still eat, but apparently they were pretty full afterwards, which I thought was kind of well, crazy. And then, well, then... Um, Emily is like, you know, you better be hungry Yeah. when you, you know, it's pretty, you, you two better be hungry or else. Now, if you, if you got divorced parent flashbacks from this, you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Oh, so I know it's like kind of triggering for me um, mm-hmm. that, you know, like that whole thing of like, you know, you know, yeah, well, you're, you're, you know, your parents at dinner. So then therefore you, you know, you need to eat dinner here, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? And, um, yeah. So, yeah. So it was interesting, like how much it just like got like sent me back there to, mm-hmm. I think probably every kid of divorced parents has gone through that where both parents watch you for the equal amount of time, which yeah. sometimes means you eat two dinners. Yeah. Um, but the way that Emily went around it is in a really unhealthy way. It's almost like forcing food on them through guilt and shame, which we can talk about that later too. Yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting, like with them too. Like, so eventually during dinner, she finds out that Dean's back in the picture. It doesn't say anything right away, but then yeah, like a couple of days later, mentions that they're having this alumni dinner, and that's like how Emily likes to operate. Like, she yeah. she she'll wait her time, and she won't make it so obvious. But it eventually does become obvious that yeah, they're trying to parade around suitors for Rory. Uh, which I was thinking like not only that but they made it impossible for Lorelai to reach them so Lorelai's kid yeah. who now she, you know we find out she's 20 now so um, she's at the house and Lorelai cannot get through to talk with them which was I'm, I'm assuming by design so they could monopolize Rory's time and so Lorelai couldn't get there I'd probably be driving there if I if I was Lorelai well um, and I think you get into this idea that like Emily's trying to sort of seduce uh rory with like the other side of this world that like yeah her her mother kind of kept her away from it but you know rory seemingly does isn't as opposed to that lifestyle i mean she's definitely shown some interest in logan who is someone who comes from a well-off means uh you know Sounds like extremely well off yeah. yeah and like rory's not as opposed to that. i think emily's picking up on that and she's trying to kind of take those threads mm-hmm. and try to be like Hey, come on over to our side where you get, you know, champagne and other fancy stuff. And yeah, you can yeah, tell it, there's that it, little bit of seduction on Rory's side where she's starting to say, yeah, you know what? There might be something to this. This might be a life I kind of want to live. Yeah. Um, which and, interesting. and then you even have, oh, go ahead. Or even at the end of the episode when uh, you have like Lorelai looking out of the limo. Or looking out as she's coming out of the limo, I think it's starting to dawn on Lorelai. Like, 
Right. Yeah. She. She. And Emily basically says to her, you know, to Lorelai, "Well, I couldn't do this with you, so I'm going to do it with you, know, like a good narcissist. I didn't. I couldn't do this with you, so I'm going to do this with your child." And, you know, I was like, well, that's pretty blatant. Okay. Like, she's not flying under the radar with that. So she pretty much admits that, yeah, I'm doing this because, you know, you, you left when you were 16 and I couldn't do this for you. Mm. So therefore, you know, Rory's next in line. I mean, it's very direct. Yeah. Yeah. And how Rory potentially responds to all that is up for, you know, debate and all that. But, yeah, so far at least, she doesn't seem too opposed to that lifestyle um then we see lane's kind of substitute the mrs kim has had an exchange student move in yes uh and you know this is another thing with narcissists they will replace you with somebody that looks kind of like you Mm -hmm. um and that becomes their their new kid or whatever but um, in this episode the next one we see that mrs kim kind of verbally goes after zach Um, yeah we're not a big fan of zach anyway but it was really inappropriate Hmm? Yeah, I mean, how she... I, I think her approaching him was whatever, but it was, yeah, her yelling at him the way that she was. It was like, that's that's. It was good. really unhinged. Yeah. 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 Almost, like, disturbing to a degree. It was... It got kind of delusional. I think there was a lot of stereotyping in it that I wasn't comfortable with. Mm. Um, and also with the exchange student, too. Um, yeah. I don't know if that would fly now. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, there was some of that that just was really uncomfortable. And, I don't know, part of me was also like, eh, like, they have, is this really the storylines you're giving to them? Like, it wasn't that exciting of a story. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it just, it felt a little, little, like they were, they were like, kind of like running out of things, stories to tell. And they're like, we need something to do in this episode. Oh, let's have Mrs. Kim find out that she's with Zach and constant drama with that but it just it felt like it had nothing story because they didn't resolve anything it's not like mrs kim ultimately kind of felt fine with zach or anything like it's still more or less the same i guess there's the difference that the exchange... exactly what we expected her to do hmm? yeah, yeah there was just no growth for those characters that's kind of what kind of made it no not interesting to me i mean yeah the exchange student kind of opened up a bit at the end but like she we literally just met her like i don't i don't care about her as much as like yeah, this is her second characters. appearance yeah on the show so so and then we have um liz and, and TJ. tj so that's yeah Luke's they buy a house in stars hollow so they're they're just like on a whim they're like hey when renaissance fair is over we're gonna move here yeah um and luke's like uh did you check with me first and laura likes lorelei's like this is super awesome and he's like oh yeah because you really like living so close to your family <laughs> i think didn't have a response to that yeah because she knows Mm-hmm. I think too. It's also this idea that like, I think too. Uh, it, it's kind of like in the way like I get where they were going with this to kind of be like, oh, let's have Liz and TJ around. Like, obviously they're both comedic relief, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It also kind of felt like a storyline that was not really that impactful. Oh, out. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, and we have our first black director of the show. There you go. So Eric, um, I think it's uh, Laverville. I think I might be pronouncing it correctly, but he was he played a doctor on Saint Elsewhere. If you ever watched the show Saint Elsewhere, which was on NBC in the eighties, 
So. Yeah. Uh, he and also, written by Nishar and Paldino, too. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, he also directed the We Got Us a P Pippi Virgin episode. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. So. Also, also um, I was reading that Alex Bledel said that Alexis Bledel? Alexis mm -hmm. I think I just said her name wrong. Um, she said that the, the actor that played um, Richard, and his name is escaping me right now, uh, when they did the Friday night dinner scenes, during takes, he would educate her about, like, basically working in show business. Mm. Um, and she really appreciated it because this was her first acting job. And so it's kind of neat. They have, like, a little bond there that he would kind of share what he knew. Because he, he and the, the woman that played Emily had been in, in show business, like, for decades. Mm -hmm. um, both nominated for Tony in the same year. So. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice side that, you know, now you can picture them when they're doing Friday Night Dinner that during takes, he's sharing what he knows, which must have been a wealth of information. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, Liz and TJ, they fight and disrupt the dinner and eventually leave. It didn't really seem to impact Luke and Lorelai that much. It wasn't like a big hindrance to their relationship. They were just like, eh. Um, yeah. But... Right, but I think also that Lorelai's used to chaos. So to yeah. her, like with her own family, so to her it was like, eh. But, you mm -hmm. know, we've got, you know, we've got setting boundaries. Yeah. That, you know, he kept saying another 10 minutes, and I could see where it would be hard for Luke to say no. But, you know, Luke has a hard time saying no. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, we get to the end of the episode where the aforementioned breakup of Dean and Murray. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, kind of interesting because you could tell Logan was sort of like, oh, he was taken aback with the fact that she had a, a boyfriend. But he was instantly in with the soup. He was like, oh, oh really? Oh, let me let me help you with that. <laughs> like, it was a challenge, right? Yeah. Not like I say that as a bad thing, but it was it was kind of interesting how they kind of they, they made sure that he was around to witness that just so, you know makes the storylines maybe flow a little easier so cool uh who was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode i thought emily did really well um especially the, the faking the phone call and then also just um the the manipulation also she just has no qualms about it she just like calls it she's like yeah i'm manipulative you know yeah um I like that, and and also I thought it's kind of interesting. The the butler in the beginning that's making the steak. If you've seen The Shining, Greedy the butler, who is one of the most terrifying characters yeah. in movies, that guy reminded me so much of Greedy, and I have no idea why. But one of the best one of the best scenes in cinematic history, if you if you watch The Shining, is is the camera angles that Kubrick does between Grady and um, and um, I just forgot Jack Nicholson's character in there. Um, but that guy is scary. And yeah. this guy, <laughs> it's funny how much films impact you. Cause I saw him and I heard his voice and I immediately was like, Oh, that guy's like Grady. So yeah. yeah. Terrifying character. So, um, yeah. So that, so I would say just the fact that, you know, it reminded me so much of that. Mm. I would give him also best performance <laughs> because he didn't really do much, but still, I, I, it's like, I was like, I have to watch the shiny again. Oh, cause he yeah. just, it, it was the, it was the, it was the look of him and the the voice and the posture. Because mm -hmm. I don't think we ever really see his face, do we? We kind of do. 
Mm. But wow, that that you know, Christopher Green. So yeah, um, one of the scariest movies and uh, scenes in cinema history. And yeah, it doesn't involve any blood or gore. Um, so yeah. I I also um. I, I gotta say I kind of I kind of like Logan in this no matter even if I don't want to, I like him. Um, yeah. Worst would be TJ. Mm. There's TJ is rubs me the wrong way and I can't you know can't get past it. Also, um, it seemed like he was a little bit much in this episode. He was like, over the top. Now, yeah. 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 Again, it might be just be he's he's using what he, what he was given to work with, um, but it just seemed yeah he's a caricature. Yeah. And I think that could have been done more subtly. So, um, yeah. So those are my... What about you? What are your best and worst? I like Lorelai this episode. Especially, like, at the end when she's <laughs> looking out at uh, Rory. She has, like, a lot that she's doing with her face in that scene. Where she's kind of... Oh, like, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I did like Logan, though, too. I, did, I generally don't mind Logan. Uh, just in general. I don't, I don't like him nearly as much as Jess. But... You know, I see why people like him because he, at least most of the time, is relatively respectful and he's also very charming. So I get it. Um, but least favorite, I I mean, I didn't like Mrs. Kim. It felt like she was like, if we're talking about TJ being like way bl- like blown out of proportion, Mrs. Kim was like even worse. So in my opinion, like just how she was attacking him like it just didn't feel nuanced it just felt like they were like oh just go and yell at him just go yell at him that'll be fun like no it just didn't seem like it was really that in depth i kind of wanted a little bit more like they had worked on her character and this kind of just dismantled it yeah so i didn't i didn't like that performance a lot i felt like there could have been a lot more to that uh they could have done right right Cool. And Zach. I didn't like Zach either. But, I mean, you know. Zach was not the greatest either, but I did kind of I felt I felt some sympathy for him, so I'm like, oh. Right. Maybe there's maybe he did do something right in this, but I mm-hmm. mean right, right. I don't know. He still for me, he was like probably a notch or two above the worst. Like he wasn't great, but he's just somehow he was like the C minus student this this episode basically. Where I'm oh, like yeah. you're not good, but you <laughs> You weren't you weren't the worst, but you were definitely not the greatest either. Um, favorite reference from this episode? Uh, I I think that the, well, first The Shining, which was not actually referenced, just to trigger my idea, my thought of that. Yeah. Um, there's um, uh, what what did I write? I wrote it down. Now I can't find it. Hmm. Um, I think that oh, the Mountie hat stuff because I think that's a tribute to you, the Canadian stuff. So basically, yeah. Lorelai was saying that um, she was making up this whole story about the the Mountie hat, and then um, Luke said, "If you keep talking about the Mountie hat, eventually you'll believe there is one." And mm. that's a gaslighting technique. So I kind of like that whole reference, um, yeah. just for the fact that it, it added in you know your home country and mm. also um, gaslighting. That yeah. you know, one of the techniques of gaslighting is if you tell someone a lie repeatedly, eventually they believe it is true. Mm-hmm. So what about you? What was your... My favorite reference... Uh, yeah, I mean... There was like a weird Passion of the Christ, and then he's like... He does a really funny Passion of the Christ, and part of me was like, I kind of want to see that. I'm kind of curious why it's so funny. 
Like, Why wasn't it on the revival? Maybe. Maybe sorry. it is. Yeah. Maybe they can put that in the revival, the, next, the second revival. Yeah. Just have them perform it so we can finally get our answers. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite quote from this episode? There were a couple. One is, um, you know, if you keep talking about the Manny, eventually I believe there is one. Um, and then Luke, Luke had some good lines. Yeah, I see how much you like living close to your family. And I think that was delivered just so deadpan. And I think the favorite one was, uh, was the exchange student saying that Mrs. Kim said that fries are the devil's starchy fingers. I like that. That was pretty funny. Because if you haven't thought that, you know, sometimes fries are just like sinfully delicious. Not that any food's sinful. But um, and then we can just get a little concept of sin. Um, but um, I was like, yeah, you know, I could see, I could see like where Mrs. Kim is like very kind of regimented with the food, and and this this girl sounds like she's being starved, which is the other thing I didn't like them doing that direction with Mrs. Kim too, because I don't, yeah. I don't get the impression that she would starve someone. Like I, I think that they made her out to be kind of a villain, and I don't think that was warranted. But I really just like that line that. Um, that, oh, and then um, and then also um, no, that's the next episode. But uh, yeah, but fries are the devil's starchy fingers. Uh, I also so quote that next time you're eating dinner. Hmm? Yeah, you can just say they're the devil's starchy fingers. Um, my favorite uh, when would be when Lorelai says you're the perfect band. Luke says thank you, and then Lorelai says I used to think it was Kelsey Grammer, but it's not. It's you. And then Luke says, finally, I'm one-upping grammar. I thought it was pretty that funny. You know, that was quizzical to me because I wouldn't have pictured Lorelai liking Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. From, if, no, if someone's not familiar with him, he was in Frasier. The thing is, um, I know a lot of women who are attracted to him. And I personally don't it see it. Was the character or him? Like, I'm not saying, like, if, if Kelsey Grammer's your thing, that's cool. I just didn't, it seemed like such like an out of left field reference for her because based on other people that she's mentioned, like she's mentioned like musicians and she's mentioned, you know, like, like, um, actors and, but Kelsey Grammer just seemed like so like different than the other people she's referenced that she was attracted to. But Hey, if that's what Lorelai likes, go for it. But it just kind of seemed, I was like, huh? And plus so much time has passed too, since Frasier was on. Yeah. It's been a while. I think they're bringing it back for a revival. Oh, they are? Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Frasier, I mean, a lot of you probably have, but he plays a psychiatrist on the radio in Seattle. Yes. It'll be interesting to see what they do with um, with Dad because um, the actor has now passed away, but um, if they bring Frasier back. But Niles and Daphne um, and Roz, they, that was a great show. It was. Yeah. So maybe it was still on. I don't know when they stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. It might have still been been on in 2005. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been, or close to. I think it like ended around mid-2000s. So. so it would have been on at the time. Yeah, or very and it, close When to. it was on, it was big. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, she probably likes that he sings the theme song. Oh, yeah. He talks about also like i kind of feel like most people would probably look at him as like the intellectual and be like oh mm -hmm. but he was also like relatively attractive for you know mm -hmm. being an intellectual i i get why people are attracted yeah. to him i personally look at him like really but 
teach his own. Well, I think also, you know, 20 years have passed, too. Yeah, that's part of it, too. And the, he, he's chosen some less than desirable projects since then, so that doesn't help either. Well, I think there's also some other issues that he's had since then, so... Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Behind-the-scenes trivia from this episode. Uh, let's see. Um, a couple of the Yale guys uh, that they're trying to basically pass off to Rory... Uh, appeared in The Good Wife with uh, Matt Cersei, oh. who uh, plays Logan, who was also in uh, Oh, really? The Good Wife, yeah. Huh. I wonder if, if he brought them on to Gilmore Girls and brought them on to The Good Wife, or... Yeah, they could have been friends. They met yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, because... Because I think Mila Ventimiglia and... and um, I can't remember Dean's character's name. Or the actor's name, but they're best friends, right? So I'm assuming they met on Gilmore Girls, maybe? Yeah. But you never know. I mean, sometimes people, like, have roommates with each other, you mm -hmm. know, when they're trying to, you know, become actors in, in L.A. And who knows, but... Yeah. That's pretty cool. But he is an actor. I mean, he's been in quite a bit of stuff. Uh, he was mm -hmm. in a show called The Resident. Uh, he was... He was pretty prominent in that show and then yeah he's also in um the good wife and yeah so still still a pretty pretty big actor even nowadays so but i think most people would know him as logan from gilmore girls so. is jared Pavelecki? that's that's dean's that is is he in stuff now or did he kind of retire from acting i think he's in a te texas Walker Texas Ranger reboot. Ah, yeah. Like as one of the main characters. Yeah, I think he is the lead character in that. It seems like they've all done pretty well after the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, Walker TV series. He plays Cordell Walker. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Any mental health observations from this episode? Yeah, the whole competitiveness thing of how much time, you know, again, I think like if you're a kid of divorced parents, I think that that can be pretty common to experience that. Like, you know, especially like when you go home for the holidays, like who's going to mm -hmm. have to do for what time. Yeah. Um, but the whole concept of forcing food, you know, like Emily's got this thing of, of needing to win. And I think that that can be very common for narcissists. And again, you know, I'm not going to fully diagnose her because I would like to know, I'd like to know Emily's whole family history. Um, but mm. the, the aspect of you, know, you're willing to make people sick in order for you to win is pretty disturbing. Yeah. Um, and, and that whole manipulation thing and, you know, the fact that Rory just kind of goes along with it. So you got some enabling of it that, you know, it would have been good if, if Rory had just said, Hey, this is not okay with me. Yeah. But instead, you know, again, you like, she, again, she got kind of seduced into that life. Yeah. Um, and she's, you know, dripping with these diamonds um, and wearing a tiara and you can see like she just kind of like slid into that role mm -hmm. um, and you know and she and she goes out with these guys and that like she knows Dean's waiting for her, and she goes out with like these six guys but not that there's anything wrong with that but still you know Dean was like what the hell what's going on here because he didn't know that there this was a setup and she didn't know it was a setup but yeah. the fact that she doesn't stand up to them and say something I think is concerning and we also see this in the next episode with her dad too that, that Rory Kind of has this thing of she gets involved in other people's stuff but then also doesn't set her own boundaries 
which I think can be pretty common sometimes, especially when you have someone manipulative like Emily. Yeah. I think it's I think it's it's easier to set other people's boundaries rather than work on your own. That's that's totally fair. Cool. What would you give this episode a score of? Uh, I give it a six. I thought it was you know it was kind of more of a filler episode, but mm. um, but I thought it was interesting just to see a little bit more about Logan. Yeah, for what sure. Um, I give this give it like a seven. It was okay. I think I I just I don't know. Part of it felt a little a little boring. It didn't feel that exciting. It's also, yeah. It kind of felt like also too like they were kind of just moving this, moving some pieces around like oh you gotta mm-hmm. get Logan closer to Rory you gotta get Dean out of the picture like it was just kind right. of doing a lot of kind of setup for stuff which for me is not the most exciting but I, I think was what... kind of surprised that Amy Sherman Palladino wrote this because usually she writes some like the more meteor episodes right like the season yeah. finale intro thought... and some other big ones. That being said, I did like Lorelai this episode. I thought how she handled mm-hmm. the whole thing was interesting, and like her yeah. kind of like realization at the end was pretty good. So, yeah, kind of saved it a little bit for me. But yeah, otherwise, this is not the most exciting episode. Cool. Uh, well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com, and Gaslighting is her book, and Talking Brains is her other podcast, and I'm over at threeandgrooners.com, where almost every other day we've got new podcasts going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.